We must fulfill the purpose we are created for and then saved for through the Lord Jesus Christ. If it is not clear yet, serving the Lord by doing His will is a requirement for salvation. It is necessary to repent and convert from all of our sins. It is necessary to accept Jesus as the effective and literal Lord of our lives. It is necessary to live under the Lordship for however long we're allowed to live doing His will. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about greatness in service. The Lord Jesus Christ taught us that we can attain greatness in His kingdom through serving God. But when you search the scriptures, we can come to understand that serving the Lord is an actual requirement if we want to have the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, eternal reward, and unbarred entrance into His kingdom. With the Lord, it is an all-or-nothing affair. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are given the opportunity to attain all the eternal things of God, but we must serve the Father and do His will during this current temporary existence. Today's message is inspired in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 to 28. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessing and honor and glory and praise be to you, O Lord. For you are worthy to be praised and exalted above all things. For you and you alone are God. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, Lord God. And all things for your honor and glory because of who you are. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. Please, Heavenly Father, Always remember us in your mercy and in your grace because we are nothing without those. We depend completely on you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for your strength. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your anointing through your Holy Spirit and that you may speak to our hearts and minds and that we may be ready to listen. To you be all the honor and the glory forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Matthew chapter 20 verses 20 to 28. This is the word of the Lord. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. There is a reality that we must come to grips with in order to know how to live our lives. And that is that we are created beings. We were made by God. We did not make ourselves. God made us. If it were not for God, we would not exist. 
It is impossible for us to have evolved from a cosmic accident. It is impossible for our brains, our bodies, the physical things and the invisible things to have come to be all by themselves. As a matter of fact, the only evolution that generally happens is not construction, but rather deconstruction, decomposition. Leave some milk out of the refrigerator for enough time and you will witness very quick decomposition. How about us as humans? No matter how much people try to eat right, exercise, have surgery done to themselves, every single person is getting older and will go to the same earth God made them from. From the dust we were made and back to the dust we shall go. And then the nature that God created will have its way with our bodies. God made us. God created us. God formed us. But why? Why is the one of the greatest questions we could ever ask? Because true power comes when you answer the question of why. Why did God make us? Why did God create us? What is the reason or purpose for our existence? If we go all the way back to the beginning when God first made man, God gave man an assignment, a task, something to do. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it also says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So what can we obviously deduce from this? God made us to serve. Since we are created beings, we were made by a purposeful God. We were created and made to do his will. At that moment, God put man to work. God blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. He told man to fill the earth and subdue it. He told man to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. No exceptions. God told man to have dominion over all animals, even every single animal we fear today. He said, have dominion over it. God did not make man to sit around and not do anything. God did not create man without a purpose. And least of all, for man to do their own will. God made and created man so that they could accomplish God's purposes on earth. God had made an entire world filled with all kinds of good things and for man to accomplish God's tasks on earth. But what happened? Sin entered the world. The world was not enough for man. God had all things within man's grasp. He had given mankind incredible dominion over all things. But for some reason, man preferred to listen to Satan's lies through the serpent than to listen to the one that had given them all things. Eve first gave into temptation of the serpent. The serpent had planted the idea in Eve that God was holding out on them, that God was keeping things from man. And Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, knowing full well what God had commanded. And then she gave the forbidden fruit to Adam, and Adam ate also. And through this, all of the good work that God had done was corrupted by sin. All of God's efforts were transformed into what we have today, the sin-ridden, death-permeated world. We live in a fallen reality. That was Satan's gift to man, sort of speak. That was what his advice to man gave us. And through that, man began to serve sin and death rather than serve the creator that made all things. God made us for himself. And we all in turn came to serve sin and death. 
Look at what God's will is and look at what Satan's evil desires produce. God made an entire world that was extremely good so that man could rule over it. And Satan deceived and lied to man so that same world could be corrupted and destroyed. God created and made life and Satan introduced death and destruction. Now, some of you might say, I'm not serving sin and death. And the truth is, if you are doing your own will, your own desire, you are serving sin and death. And that is what you shall reap as eternal punishment. Why? Because we were not made to serve ourselves. And now through our fallen and sinful state, even far less could we serve our own intentions, our own desires, because sin rules in this temporary body we live in. But praise be to God for his goodness, grace, mercy, and love. He did not leave us in our fallen state. He did not abandon mankind. He gave mankind hope, an opportunity to return again to our original purpose. That is the measure of God's love. God, through the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, made a way back to him so that rather than us being lost for all eternity, our relationship could be restored forever and our original purpose brought back to the forefront. This is why our first option, really our only option, what has been since the beginning, is to serve the Lord God Almighty. We must turn back to our original purpose, to the reason God made us, to the why we exist through the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot do things on our own. Our only way, our only truth, and our only way to eternal life is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the gate that leads to God the Father. But we must, through the Lord Jesus Christ, come back to that service we were made and created for. In Romans chapter 6, it says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? If we come to grips to understand our existence and the reason for that existence, then we would understand that we are all slaves or servants by nature, but made by a good and noble God with good intentions to serve that God that loves us so much. The Lord Jesus Christ did not come to this earth to condemn man, but rather to give the hope of a coming age where all things will be made new again through his majesty and power. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We are saved through his grace, but to fulfill the reason and purpose for why we were created and made to begin with. For it is also written, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and then out of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you see, we are his workmanship. We are created beings. But now this time we are regenerated, made new, transformed, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. When did God create these good works? God prepared beforehand these good works way back when, when we were created and made by him, that we should walk in them. Some people mistake this for predestination. God made us with a purpose. Through Jesus Christ and only through him, can we come back to the origins of our existence? We were made to serve God. 
If we go back to look at Paul's conversion, for instance, we will see clearly that we are created beings for his service, to accomplish his purposes, to fulfill his will. In Acts chapter 9, it says this, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Look at what Paul was doing. Now, Paul thought he was serving God through this. He wasn't doing it for fun or cruelty, but he was serving sin. Why? Because he was doing his will and not God's will. And by that, he was breathing threats and murder. Now, let's keep going. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? How did Paul acknowledge Jesus? As Savior, as a good man, as a prophet? No. He acknowledged him as Lord, as the one in charge, as the one that had captivated his complete attention at that very moment. And we continue reading. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now notice how Paul completely changed his direction. And he let go of his will and submitted completely and voluntarily to the Lord's will. The Lord Jesus Christ came to encounter him, but Paul decided to change his direction, the course of his life through that encounter. Paul understood right away that if Jesus was the Lord, that he needed to serve him. He understood right away that his existence was to do the Lord's will. And then look at what the Lord said to Paul. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Right away, the Lord told him what to do, like saying, Paul, you are restored to the reason and purpose you were made for, to obey me. You were not made, Paul, to serve yourself on your ideas or your sin, but to serve me, the one that is giving you a second chance through my grace and love. Now, did the Lord say to Paul, you've had quite a day today, Paul. You should probably get some rest and relax. You should probably go see a doctor. No. He told them at that very instant, arise, get up, and go into the city. Don't stay here, Paul. You asked me what I wanted you to do? I'm going to start right here and now. Do as I tell you, despite your condition and what you just went through. You are mine again, Paul, out of your own free will. Because Paul could have rebelled. Paul was free to do anything else. He was free to react however he wanted to. He could have questioned the Lord. Remember that he was persecuting Christians precisely because they were followers of Jesus Christ. But Paul chose to react to the Lord as the Lord. For his own sake, he chose wisely. Now, some of you might say, Paul had no choice. He did have a choice. And it's the same choice everyone has at this very moment. The difference is that Paul chose wisely. How many people does God touch and do things for each and every day at every single moment and they choose to still reject God? They choose to believe something else. How many times does the light of the sun hit your eyes during the course of a day? How many times does God allow for you to live, breathe, subsist, survive, all based on His say-so? We're all touched and exist through God's presence all of the time without exception. 
The moment you inhaled and exhaled, you breathed in the breath of life that only comes from God. The moment your heart beat, that was God allowing your heart to keep pumping. Some of you might choose to believe this, and some of you might see this as an exaggeration, as fanaticism. So you see, each person reacts however they want to react. Yet despite any negative reactions to God's existence and power, God's still what he does at every moment. But regardless of how people respond, if we respond well to the Lord in service for our own good or otherwise, God will in the end judge each and every person based on how they choose to live their lives, based on who or what they choose to serve. It is in our best interest to correspond to God's love and grace through the Lord Jesus Christ in service, submitting to his will so we can attain those things that he so graciously promised us to those of us that choose to love him. There are at least two key places in the scriptures that show us clearly and undoubtedly that we must serve God, that we must render a product. The first place we will look at is in the Gospel of Matthew, where the Lord talks about the talents. In Matthew chapter 25, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the second place we will read is in the Gospel of Luke where the Lord talks about the minas. Now, in Luke chapter 19, it says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom 
and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to him who has 10 miners. But they said to him, Master, he has 10 miners. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given and from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. And so it is quite clear that we are all supposed to serve the Lord. We are supposed to produce good works for his kingdom. And anyone that does not submit to his lordship will be done away with in the end. This is why I cannot understand how many so-called believers teach that we are saved by grace and faith alone. The grace that God has bestowed on us and the faith we profess to have in the Lord Jesus Christ must render a product. Our faith must produce the works that glorify God and build his kingdom. We must fulfill the purpose we are created for and then saved for through the Lord Jesus Christ. If it is not clear yet, serving the Lord by doing his will is a requirement for salvation. It is necessary to repent and convert from all of our sins. It is necessary to accept Jesus as the effective and literal Lord of our lives. It is necessary to live under the Lordship for however long we're allowed to live doing his will. And so it is also necessary to read and study his word so that a person can know what his will is and how we need to continue being changed and transformed into his new creation through the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things are necessary if a person wants to have forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and eternal reward. And to conclude, we have our prime example, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Lord is our example to follow. We can learn from all of those people that found grace before the Lord, but our model, our example to follow is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be made into his likeness and not into the likeness of Paul or Peter or David or anyone else. We must have our eyes set on the Lord. In Hebrews chapter five, we read the following, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all 
who obey him. And so if our model, our example, the one we are supposed to follow and be like, learned obedience and was perfected, then how much more should we do likewise? And it says very clearly that, that he became the author of eternal salvation to all who what? To all who obey him. Therefore, we cannot just say that Jesus is our Savior or our Lord. He must be undoubtedly our Lord, our effective and literal Lord, so that we can have eternal salvation. And in a servant and Lord relationship, we are to be the servant. And as servants, our role, our obligation, our reason for existence is to serve the Lord. And we must serve him with love, with the right intention in our hearts. He chose to love us, meaning that there was absolutely no obligation to do so. So then our natural response to his love should be love. It is the only fair and right thing to do. So if you want to find true eternal greatness, then obey and serve the Lord fully and completely in every area of your life. This isn't just a good idea. This is what is necessary, what is required if you want to attain eternal salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. God made us and created us. And we all sinned against God. Yet despite that, he chose out of his own free will to give us the opportunity for forgiveness of sins, for eternal life, and for eternal reward through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Why do I emphasize the word opportunity? Because it's just that. We do not have any rights before God. We're not entitled to anything. We're not born children of God. We're God's fallen creation, corrupted by sin and death through our own free will. The only ones that have the right to become children of God are those that choose to receive him Jesus Christ. For it is written, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. And why else is this an opportunity? Because it is a chance that is clearly dependent on what we choose to do with this opportunity. Every single human being has the opportunity before God through the Lord Jesus Christ to repent and convert from all their sins to be able to have Jesus Christ be the Lord of their lives and to live their lives according to that faith. But every single one of us has free will, the right to choose, to make a decision to either take advantage of the opportunity or to ignore and or reject the opportunity given through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the unfortunate thing from a certain perspective is that people even have the power to choose to either stay in that faith or fall away from it. We never lose our freedom to choose. We have one clear example of this, Judas Iscariot. Judas was chosen by the Lord to be one of the 12. Judas witnessed and was part of all the miracles and the ministry the Lord shared with the apostles. There is no part of the scriptures that says that Judas was excluded or did not perform the same things the other apostles did. Yet Judas chose to listen to Satan and to serve the evil desires of his flesh, despite being a first-hand witness and partaker of everything the Lord did. He chose to be the son of perdition. So can a person fall away from their faith? 
Unfortunately, yes. God will not force anyone to stay with Him. Everything with the Lord is subject to love, and love can never be forced. God's will and desire since the very beginning, when He created and made man, was for man to choose to love Him and serve Him out of their own free will. God did not create robots. God made us into His likeness and image, and so choice, free will, is inherent with that likeness and image. Jesus could have walked away from the sacrifice of the cross. He had a choice, he had free will, but instead he prayed, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so if the only begotten Son of God served the Father and to the point of dying on the cross, then what is left for us? My dear friends and family in Christ, there is only one way. We must live to serve God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we must do it with the right intentions in our heart, especially if we want to attain those things that God the Father has prepared for those that love Him. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you for your goodness. Because Lord God, you have given us a grace, a mercy, a love that we do not deserve. Lord God, we sinned against you, but yet you chose to love us, Lord God, out of your own free will, without any kind of obligation. You owe us nothing, Lord God. And I give you thanks, O Lord, because you chose to be good and because you chose to love us despite the fact that we were your enemies. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that you created us you made us through your son, Jesus Christ, so that we could serve you, so that your purpose in our lives could be filled. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us to understand that we did not make ourselves, that we are not an accident, that we were made in the likeness and image of the Lord God Almighty. Help us to understand all the good and incredible things that you have given us, Lord God. Help us to understand your love and help us, O oh Lord, to understand that what is right is to love you back and to serve you, to fulfill the purpose for which you made us to begin with. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person listening. I pray that you help them to understand, Lord God, that they need to come to you. They need to serve you. They need to put aside their, their sin. They need to put aside their evil desires. And they need to put you first. Heavenly Father, help them to understand that this is the way to salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. That we need to repent from all of our sins and we need to turn to Jesus Christ and that he must be the Lord of our lives and that we must live according to that faith. I give you thanks and I praise you for the opportunity that you give us. Heavenly Father, help us to treasure it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. 
The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.